Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Ping Hunze of the American Horticulture Society to talk about her experience with encouraging children to garden. Ping is currently Member Programs Associate for the American Horticulture Society, where she coordinates national garden programs, including the annual National Children and Youth Garden Symposium for educators and others who work to connect kids with plants and the natural world. She has an MS in natural resources with a focus in environmental education and has worked on a variety of organic farms and garden projects around the country. When not in the office at the American Horticulture Society, she enjoys beekeeping at River Farm, the society's garden headquarters outside of Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show today, Ping. Hey, 
great, Greg. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm excited you're here, especially to talk about kids and gardening. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Sure. So I I grew up in a suburban area, and yeah, so I have always been interested in sort of the natural world and always enjoyed spending a lot of time outside, but I wasn't really sure you know, what exactly I might want to do with that, um, uh-huh. you know, quote unquote, when I grow up. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? It's like, you know, play outside. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of wanted to find a way to be able to do that. And I ended up, uh, you know, majoring in zoology for in, oh, wow. in my undergraduate. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I picked up a minor in botany um, my senior year, and I just loved it. And, um you just had a really good time with that. And then I actually ended up getting um, my master's degree in natural resources, but with a focus in environmental education. Oh, and, beautiful. Yeah, which is just great because you get to spend all day just talking about the things that mm-hmm. make you excited and sharing that with people. And I spent some time on a variety of organic farms and different garden projects around the country. I was just really interested in, you know, how gardens can really serve as a gateway to get people you know, outside and learning about some of those different things. Oh, yes, um, of course. Yeah, and so then I um, landed at the American Horticultural Society and was able to do a lot of that, you know, garden education and getting people outside. And, you know, the garden is really just a just a microcosm of the larger ecosystem. Oh, yeah. Um, Say more about so. that, would you? What's that mean? Oh, yeah, sorry. So um, I think you can teach people a lot. I think the garden is a really great place to start for a lot of people if you're going to be mm-hmm. talking about large ecological principles because you can see a lot of, you can see and touch a lot of those things that mm. you know you're not going to be able to get everyone out to the mountains to see you know the bear eating the salmon uh-huh. <laughs> right. um, but yeah but in a garden you can talk about you know see like oh you know you see how this caterpillar is feeding on this plant here and then you know this bee is pollinating this flower and then the flower gets a benefit from the bee there. Oh, and, right. You know, just talking about all of those interactions between the plants and animals. And it's something that people can see and they can see why it matters as well on a larger scale because, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is important because, you know, this garden is going to feed you or, you mm-hmm. know, provide those beautiful flowers that you like to look at when you're walking on your way out. And uh, it really, it, it really shows the circle of life there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fantastic. So, you specifically work with kids. Why is it so important that kids get into gardening? Yeah, I think, you know, there's just so many, there's been a lot written about this, you know, especially recently about, you know, Richard Louvre with, you know, Last Child in the Woods and, you know, just the ideas of, um, the ecologist E.O. Wilson. I've, I'm sure you've heard of the term biophilia. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course. But, you know, that's just that idea that humans are naturally drawn to life and naturally drawn to nature and that we, we need that for, you know, I think it's interesting, like, on a fundamental level, obviously, we need plants um, just because, you know, they're the initial mm-hmm. organisms that harness energy from the sun and right. provide that on Earth and they feed us and just on those really basic needs levels. But, you know, there's a lot of research being done as well about how gardens and plants can influence our spiritual and emotional well-being mm. as well. So, you know, it's really like a holistic, um, whole person 
um, thing that's important for people to be outside and be around living other living things. Mm -hmm. And I think the garden can serve, like I said before, you know, as a gateway for a lot of other things. So it's also about, you know, you can teach kids a lot of different things in the garden. So, you know, using it as, and the obvious thing that a lot of people think about is teaching kids about, you know, nutrition and eating healthy and um, then about like different science and math topics. But there's a lot of work being done as well to do other interdisciplinary lessons with, you know, incorporating like literature in the garden um, and also, you know, social skills, like kids have to work together to help grow the garden and growing that teamwork and just um, all sorts of things. And I think the great thing about plants and Mm -hmm. gardens too, is that it's something that you can have in every setting. So, you know, it might be a kid in an urban school where it's mostly concrete, but you know, you can grow at least a little plant inside, you know, on the windowsill. Yeah. You you used a word that uh, isn't often heard out in our culture. Uh, And I actually have a degree. My bachelor's degree is a bachelor's of interdisciplinary studies. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you used that word interdisciplinary a moment ago. Can you speak to that and how it, how it, really focuses on on gardens yeah um yeah i think the garden is really the ideal place for that because you know growing food is sort of the fundamental activity of our civilization in a in a way Mm -hmm. right um because you know that's kind of how we got to where we are today and how we have the types of societies that we do and fundamentally gardening is something that's interdisciplinary you have to know about a lot of subjects yeah you know you can't just you can't go in or you can't go in as a specialist but you have to know about some other types of things, too. If you only know about, you know, one type of plant, you're not going to be able to grow what mm. you need. Or if you don't know about, you know, how to engineer an irrigation system. Or right. If you don't know about, you know, how to work with other people to um, you know, grow your garden together, um, you have to be able to do all of those things and be able to relate all of those subjects together and understand, you know, we talked about ecology earlier, you know, like, well, mm-hmm. how do these organisms interact with each other? Oh, yeah. And, you know. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. don't hear that very often. My my actual, I have a botany degree as part of my interdisciplinary studies okay. degree from Arizona State University. I went back to school late. Uh, I went back and got my bachelor's degree uh, in 2004 and then a master's in environmental planning in oh, 2006. Nice. Yeah, so it's been, yeah. uh, you know, for me, it was uh, as, an, as, you know, a 40-year-old adult I was getting these and it was very fascinating for me to learn about the notion of interdisciplinary and it made perfect sense to me because I study permaculture. You know, I say permaculture is the art and science of working with nature. So, and you know, in nature, we don't just use sociology In nature. We don't just use biology. You know, we use all kinds of things, um, to, you know, help address what's going on. So I loved it that you use that word. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for being excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, one of the things that I have found, and I want to kind of check in with you on this. One of the things I have found is that if a young person grows something, they're going to eat it. And actually, to even take that further, what I've found that if a young person comes into my front yard and I show it where, show them where it came from and I pull up the carrot up out of the garden and hand it to them, they're always going to eat it. Is, have you seen that to be the case? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because across the board, you know, we've really found that to be the case and when you talk to other teachers um you know it's always for some reason there's just you know something about that experience of you know growing i think 
for one thing, when a kid grows something themselves, you know, they have that mm. sense of pride and ownership. Yeah. And it's like, this is something that I've watched, you know, come up from this tiny seed. And it's, you know, it's, it's a miracle. It's like this it tiny really little, is, like little rock. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like you said, even if it's, you know, just coming across it. And uh, I love one of the teachers told us this story about, you know, like showing her kids, like pulling a carrot up out of the ground. And they're like, why did you hide those in the ground? <laughs> like, <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like, why did you put those down there? And just, like, having that, you know, being able to tell them about that miracle. Like, no, this is where they grow. They grew out of the ground there. Yeah. I think that's really appealing. So, Ping, tell us about the National Children and Youth Garden Symposium. Sure. So it's an annual event um, held by the American Horticultural Society. Mm -hmm. And it's for people who work with kids in gardening from all across the country in a variety of capacities. So, you know, we get classroom teachers and, you know, quote unquote, informal educators um, who work in a lot of different types of places, but also people who are, you know, coordinating educational programs or, you know, landscape architects who are designing children's gardens. Um, Yeah, so it's an interesting mix of people. And we usually get, you know, a few hundred people from around the country. And it's just, you know, a few days for them to, for everybody to get together and learn about you know, best practices in the field, what kinds of things are new and going on, and um, see different things that are happening in different parts of the country as mm-hmm. well, different youth gardening projects. Cool. So what is it exactly? Yeah, it's uh, a four-day symposium. Um, so we have field trips, and it's um, it's a professional development event, you know, ah, essentially. But, uh, uh-huh. So there's field trips and educational sessions and keynote speakers and you know, just sort of a, it's a sort of a train the trainer event. Oh, you know, so nice. Yeah. So we're, you know, working to teach or, you know, continue the education of the people who are then going out back to their communities and yeah. teaching kids about gardening. Got it. So it isn't, isn't a symposium for youth. It's a symposium for adults and there might be some youth there, uh, but it's really to get them trained in how to most effectively reach out to youth yeah exactly wow cool and it's been around for 25 years yeah yes wow and when are the dates what are the dates of it um it's usually in july every year so next year it'll be um july 12th through 15th and it's going to be in the greater portland oregon and vancouver washington area those two cities are adjacent to each other so yeah yeah but yeah, like you mentioned, it'll be the 25th anniversary next year, um, which is really exciting. It's been going on for a while. Wow, so, cool. How has yeah. it evolved over the years? Yeah, it's really interesting. You, know, I was talking to our executive director about this because um, he's been involved with it a little bit longer than me. Uh-huh. And he said something really interesting to me. I thought, he said, you know, in the beginning we were doing what we felt was right, and now we know it's right. And, mm. you know, I think there's... Yeah, there's That's a, lot a powerful of, statement. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting because I've kind of, you know, I went to school for environmental education and you know, spent a lot of time, you know, looking at research papers that quantify the benefits of, you know, environmental education and being outside um, on kids. And so, you know, it would say, you know, oh, we saw, you know, 20% reduction in obesity rates or da da da, you know, like all these numbers um, mm-hmm. that are that are really powerful and that are important but you know he was saying you know when they first when this event first began you know people were like 
you know, I think this is the right thing to do. I see these things anecdotally happening in my community. Like, I think, you know, I feel that it's important. And another thing is just, you know, being some of those specialized, uh, more specialized groups in the beginning that really uh-huh. were focused, you know, specifically on, you know, youth gardening or agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and uh, now it's become, you know, we were talking about interdisciplinary earlier. You know, there are a lot of different groups where I think it's, it's a topic that's gaining a lot of popularity very quickly. And there's a lot of different groups that are getting interested in it and saying, you know, like, oh, I'm not a gardening group, but I work with kids and I'm really interested in, you know, what we can do to work with you to incorporate a garden into our program, even if it's maybe like a sports program or, right. you know, those types of things. Oh, so. interesting you should say that. I work with a group here in town called Heart for the City in Phoenix, Arizona, and mm-hmm. they're a sports organization. Um, they have uh, sports for at-risk youth. And okay. two years ago, they added a garden program. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's very interesting. So uh, are we seeing more and more of that? Um, I think so. Again, you know, I think that's an area that um, could maybe use a little more quantification, you know, as far as like, oh, yes, this many programs across the country. But we've noticed a lot of, you know, session. We So we put out a call for sessions for people to present at the symposium every year. And it's interesting because you'll see kind of some of those trends in the number of sessions that get proposed on a certain topic. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of stuff coming in now about, you know, different types of partnerships that you can set up, mm. um, you know, between like public and private groups or oh, between yeah. groups that don't have anything or that don't necessarily, you wouldn't think, have the same topic area focus as you. But it's like, you know, well, like, hey, can we come do yoga in the garden? Or Oh, nice. Um, yeah, incorporating those, all those different aspects and really recognizing you know some of the holistic aspects again um of you know education or Mm -hmm. that it's not just i think that's something you see just in general in education uh you know realizing that it's not just about like how can you score on a test but it's about you know everything that you need to be a function like a a a well high functioning human being yeah growing growing pun intended growing a more high functioning (laughs) human being right Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned who this symposium is for. Um, let's dig a little bit deeper in that. So I'm a, you know, I'm an urban farmer and I teach urban mm-hmm. farming here in Phoenix. Would it be for me or is it primarily academics? No, it's primarily practitioners, I would say. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, so it's mostly, I would say mostly on the ground educators. So that can include, you know, classroom teachers who have a school garden, but it can also be someone who runs a nonprofit program that, you know, like gets, does like summer camps with kids or like county extension agents, mm-hmm. um, people who are botanical garden education staff or, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of walks of life. And definitely we would love to have you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, again, you know, you do get those, it's interesting because it's people from all over the country. You get people who are like, oh yeah, oh, I live yeah. in a, a rural area and we just go out and, you know, the kids are familiar with a lot of these concepts already and we do things with them. And then people who are in cities who are like, you know, I just have my little straw bale garden, like out in this little patch of asphalt. Mm -hmm. So people who are doing all sorts of different growing projects like that. Oh, cool. So what, for for me or really for anybody, for our listeners, what would be the uh, benefit of them being involved? Yeah, I think... This, again, kind of gets into the uh, – one of the best best things about the symposium, I think, is mm-hmm. the community. And um, mm. I got an interesting comment from someone 
um, where they're saying, you know, I think a lot of times people who work in this field can end up feeling sort of isolated. Like you feel like you're the only person working on what you're doing or that you're the only yeah. person who thinks it's important that, you know, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm just working on this program and no one else is really getting it or why mm -hmm. it's important. And they were like, you know, webinars are great. And, you know, there's so much information out there now, but it's really refreshing to come to a place where everyone yeah. you know, has those goals and you can kind of share what you're doing and have that shared sense of purpose yeah. and then go back and, <laughs> you know, kind of be working to yeah. keep promoting that in your community. I, I wonder if people get re-energized and then take it home with them. Do you see that happening? Yes, that's um, that's a word that gets used a lot. I think, uh, yeah, sort of, yeah, re-energized. Yeah. And I know. I can get that because I work here in Phoenix on this stuff, and it's I've been doing it for forty-one years, and it's arduous. Yeah. You know, getting people to figure out how to grow food, and you know, it is a uphill hike just about every day still here. So, yeah. you know, I look for places where I can get re-energized. So that is so cool. So you mentioned this year that it's in Portland? Yeah, it's going to be in the greater Portland area. Nice. And do, do you normally you know, you move it every year? Yeah. So it moves to a different location uh, around the U.S. every year. So mm -hmm. this, this year it was in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so very different, <laughs> very different area. Yeah. But it's really great because, for one thing, we get to – reach people in different areas of the country you know there's there's a number of people who come you know every year or they'll come pretty regularly but for some people you know it's a lot of traveling um and they can only come if it's in the area where right. they are uh -huh. so we got a we got a lot of new people this year it was the first year it's ever been in either of the carolinas um Ooh. yeah which i thought was very cool and so we got a lot of new people from the southeastern region and then it's also just a way to show people what's going on in different parts of the country. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like some parts of the, like we were in Austin, Texas the year before that, mm -hmm. um, which again is very different. And, uh, you know, in Austin, they've done a lot of work on incorporating school gardens and outdoor education into oh, the yes. general, they have, haven't they? Yeah. Into the general like district wide policy. And it's not necessarily the same in Columbia, South Carolina. So it's good for people to see different models of ways to do yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So I had this flash. How many of these have you attended? How many have I attended? Yeah. I've attended three. Three. So think back to all three of them and tell me something really, really cool that you remember from one of them. Oh, <laughs> that's a hard question. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because it's a, I, think, I think it's a great event. There is a school that we went to in Columbia, South Carolina this year uh -huh. that's just, do, just doing amazing things. Um, it's called the Barclay School, and it's for students who learn differently or have you know, different special needs. Uh -huh. But it really incorporates a lot of the things that we've been talking about as far as like holistic, interdisciplinary education. Mm -hmm. um, so it started as a school. She was Her goal was it was for it to be a school just for students with dyslexia or like different learning disabilities. Right. And she started getting all these parents coming to her who were like, you know, my, my kid is not doing well in a traditional school setting. They have, mm. you know, X issue. Like, can you please take them? Um, just because they were seeing what she was doing with her students. Um, and, you know, they wanted their kid to be there. 
and they just moved to a new campus. It's out, um, kind of out in the country, but it's it actually was an old farm, so it's repurposed. Oh, nice. And, yeah. <laughs> so they really try and integrate the garden into you know all everything that they do uh-huh. um, as far as you know just, just different topics. And some of the students they have you know have different um, things, just where like they don't like to get dirty or you know yeah. they they don't really like to be outside. And they really you know try and meet the kids where they are, and uh, you know the kids just really thrive but they did like they just do different projects um like they had school rabbits and oh yeah they yeah and you know so it's like again you can kind of see that cycle of life thing where they would collect the the rabbit poop and then make it into fertilizer for the garden Uh and they call it bunny's brew and um oh nice yeah and then they would sell that so the students were also learning about creating their own business Mm. because they had to do you know like all of the production and all you know like the bookkeeping and the selling and you know learning how to market their product and saying like oh yeah you know we've used it in our school garden it's worked really well but it's really you know just talking to the students there um just what a difference it's made being in a place like that where it's really a holistic approach and they get to like be out in the garden all day and be learning science in the garden as opposed to just from a textbook <laughs> sitting in a chair yeah. yeah yeah how cool is that so you have another project i wanted you to talk about briefly uh the great american gardeners awards tell us about that yeah so it's an annual awards program and it's you know national program as well so people submit nominations for different people and organizations all over the country and it spans, uh, you know, quite a few gardening topics. So there's the Urban Beautification Award for people who are working on, you know, gardening projects in cities. All or, right. And then the Jane Taylor Award, which is for, you know, youth gardening projects. And, you know, we have uh, what's called the Pollock Junior Commercial Award, which is actually for, you know, like companies who are doing work to, you know, promote high standards in horticulture. And it's really nice because, again, you know, it's, Sometimes, you know, it's just nice to know that your work is being recognized. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think I don't always even realize, like, how meaningful it is to people um, until you talk to them after they've gotten the award. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's, it's nice because you're recognizing what people are doing, and then you're also holding that up as an example for other people. And it's nice, again, because it is such a, you know, widespread range of subjects um, mm-hmm. that, you can really you know, show off all of those different projects yeah. that are happening around the country. Cool. So if somebody wanted to nominate somebody for the Great American Gardeners Awards, where would they find information on that? Yeah. So if you go to our website, um, AHS, uh, like American Horticultural Society, um, ahs.org uh-huh. uh, slash awards. Oh, very um, good. Yeah. And then uh, you'll see some different subheadings cool. and there'll be yeah nice. think about the great american gardeners award great and we'll have that posted on our uh, show notes page on our website okay perfect cool yeah. so i'm going to shift on you and i'd like for you to talk about a time you failed how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it yeah so thinking about this i worked at uh it was called i don't know if you heard of the catholic worker organization before i have Okay, yeah, I thought you may have. Um, So I was working at a Catholic worker house, and one thing that they really emphasize is, you know, like meaningful work, and this one Mm. really emphasized, like, growing your own food. Nice. Um, So we did a lot of garden projects, and we would do sort of, you know, regular 
I prefer to call them like cafes, you know, for people in the community who you know, might be homeless or might just not, you know, have a place to get a regular meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you provide a meal in the afternoon and you can get really ambitious where, you know, you're like, oh, we want everyone to eat healthy and we want them to enjoy all this garden fresh produce and it's going to be great and everyone's going to immediately be on board and love it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, yeah. right? And, you know, you don't always have that and you would get like donations from local grocery stores, which is great, but you would get things that were maybe, you know, like... Not you know, very icing. nutritious? Yes, yeah. yeah, like not very nutrient dense. How about that? Yeah. Um, and those would be the things that would, you know, go first. And I think, you know, I learned a lot about working with people, you know, there as opposed to mm. working, like working on people, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, because so, you have to meet people where they are. Right. Say, say a little bit more about that, because that's an important, important concept, working with people rather than working on them. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it is just about talking to people and finding out where they where they are. You know, you talk about meeting them where they are. Well, it's like, first you have to know where they are. Right. And we discovered, you know, some of the reasons that people don't always eat, you know, want to eat fresh foods is not even because they're not interested or doesn't look tasty to them but some some of the people we had coming to us had you know pretty serious dental issues mm. um so mm-hmm. it was like you know they're like i can't like bite into a fresh carrot because right. like you might know, like i just can't from like a physical perspective right and you're like oh well that makes total sense so you know it's like well you know what could i do to help you you know like if we cooked it a different way or mm-hmm. you know what can we do that would help you be able to enjoy this thing as opposed to just being like here why aren't you eating this right um <laughs> Oh, interesting. Oh, very good. Yeah. Wow. So what do you consider your biggest success? I am really proud of the uh, the 2016 National Children and Youth Garden Symposium that we put on this year uh, that was in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think you know, we've talked a little bit during this conversation about sort of the academic side of things and right. sort of the like feeling side of things. And I think there was just a really good feeling of uh, community there. And I think especially just with some of the current events that are going on right now, um, I really enjoyed, I'm from the South originally, and I really enjoyed being able to show people kind of this really like vibrant, positive, like, like side of the South. And it was just like Mm. Southern hospitality, you know, Uh everyone was so excited to show off their different garden projects and like the work that they were doing and just to share that with people. Um, and I realized I was talking to one of our attendees and they were like, it's amazing here. You know, everyone's just like sharing their lesson plans and giving mm. away for free, like their resources. And I never even really thought about it uh-huh. cause, you know, in my head. It's like, of course you do that. You know, you just, yeah. we're all working towards the same thing. And right. she was like, it's amazing. You know, they're just giving them away for free. Yeah. It's not like that in, in parts of the world. Yeah. Not, exactly. And I'm not talking and I'm not talking geographically. I'm talking just in general. It's it's not that way, and so it's all that's always refreshing. So that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just a very it was a neat event that way, and I think just showing people some of the the different new projects that are going on there, and uh, some of the the events that we were able to do, just mm-hmm. things that were like a little bit different. Um, like what? And, yeah, <laughs> one thing we did. Uh, so one of our keynotes this year was actually a play. Um, which was interesting because wow. I, I, I come at things sometimes, I think, from a more academic perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so our executive director brought up this idea. He's like, 
it was uh, a woman, Kailani Lee, and she does this one-woman play that she wrote and she performs herself about the life of Rachel Carson. Um, oh, wow. You know, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, sort of surrounding the writing of Silent Spring and the reaction following Silent Spring. And uh, he brought it up and I was like, you know, it's kind of different. It seems a little, you know, risk, riskier in some uh-huh. ways because you know, it, it's just, you know, it's like you, you're like, I know that it'll work if we get someone to come up and talk for 60 minutes about, yeah. you know, garden projects. Um, but it was it was amazing. A, it was a huge success, wasn't it? I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I think we got in our like we do we send out evaluations to people after. And uh-huh. that was probably one of the things we got the most comments about. Yeah, I'll bet. And it, yeah. And I think, again, it's just that sort of that feeling part of things where it just gave mm-hmm. people like so much inspiration in a way that, you know, talking about like numbers and that kind of thing doesn't can't yeah. necessarily get to. <laughs> what was what was her name? Kaiulani Lee. It's uh, K-A-I-U-L-A-N-I, and then her last name is Lee, L-E-E. Wow. I'll bet you yeah. she's on YouTube. i got to go check that out because that sounds spectacular. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, she is one of the few people who's ever had, like, full access to all of Rachel Carson's writings. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so, like, the entire play is based off of, like, actual quotes from her letters uh-huh. and diaries, and it's really powerful. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So what, what drives you? I really, yeah, I really enjoy, I was thinking about this and, you know, I guess obviously that depends on what kind of project I'm thinking about, Mm -hmm. but, you know, kind of thinking about education, I just really genuinely enjoy um, creating meaningful educational experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a big part of that for me is, you know, obviously I have, my issues that I think are important for people to learn about, you know, uh-huh. I think it's important for people to learn where their food comes from and to enjoy nature and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I think the big thing for me is just really getting people engaged with the world around them mm-hmm. and giving them experiences that make them, you know, that give them a love of learning. Cause I think if they have that, then they're going to go out and find what engages them right. um, and what excites them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, they're not, it, you, people aren't always, you know, even excited about just like learning. And I think if you can sort of spark that in them and find what sparks them and right. help them find that, yeah. um, that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So speaking of education, I have to know, is there a book or maybe two that have been significantly influential for you in this process? Yeah, it's a really hard one. Uh, cause I, I love books and, um, yeah, spend a lot of time reading, but um, I think one would maybe be the book My Side of the Mountain, actually, which is a is a children's book uh, or it's like a young adult book. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I read it when I was little, and I think that you know I grew up in a kind of suburban area outside of a big city, and just as a kid, like reading about you know this this other kid who goes out you know into the wild, so to say, and just you know, the book is really about, like, sort of problem-solving and resourcefulness and relating to nature. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. And that was just so exciting and inspiring to me. Um, and it's like, you know, I want to be that kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's sort of that's something that kind of got me, you know, helped build that spark for, you know, the natural world and yeah. just 
those types of things. Um, nice. You know. Nice. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? You know, I think uh, just I would say stay stay curious and, you know, stay keep a positive attitude about everything and mm. um, just, just be flexible because things don't always turn out <laughs> how you want to be, how, yeah. you, how you would imagine them. But I would say if you can do those things, if you have a positive attitude about things, you know, everything is uh, – Everything's a learning experience, and everything is something that you'll get something good out of. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Ping. It has been a treat chatting with you. Well, thank you so much for having having me and for the opportunity. Absolutely. So, so how can our listeners get a hold of you, find out more about the symposium and the gardening awards and, you know, like that? Yeah, um, the best place to start would be the American Horticultural Society website, which is www.ahs.org. Okay. Um, and if they wanted to learn specifically about the symposium, it's ahs.org slash N-C-Y-G-S. I know it's a, a fun acronym. N-C-Y-G-S. <laughs> uh, N-C-Y-G-S. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much. And that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Thank you. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, 
Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.